Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Well, good morning. How are we? Wow. All right. So um, I think I had this the gift of coming on after the children last year this time. And uh, it, it's kind of tough because how do you follow children that are beautiful and singing and have all your attention and then now you have to hear me speak, right? So, um, nah, it's a pleasure. It's a privilege. And uh, my name is Jay Elkins. I serve as Connections Pastor here at the church. And um, we are in the middle of the sermon series, The Invitation. And so we have covered um, pretty much the Advent. Um, The first was the invitation to hope. Lauren covered the invitation to peace. And today we're covering the invitation to joy, right? So last week, just as a recap, um, Lauren did an excellent job just sharing with us about Joseph's picture. It was Joseph and Mary all together, but it was wonderful. Just a a really close look at Joseph and what he had to do to receive peace and to follow Christ and lean into him, right? And lean into God knowing that Christ was coming, right? So this morning, we're going to take a look at joy. And one of the things that I'm pretty excited about this particular passage we're going to look at is All throughout scripture, we see ladies that are important in the Bible, right? In the Old Testament, we've seen ladies um, who were um, judges. They're prophetess judges. They They led Israel in times when Christ had not come yet to lead them individually. They led. We see in the New Testament, there were women that were church planters, right? And so, but this morning, this passage struck me a little different this week as I was prepping for this message, is that we see the importance of these two ladies, but it's almost like we get the curtain pulled back and we get to see the intimacy in the conversation and the communication. So so many times we don't get to see that, you know, like we get to see the events, the series, but in this particular time, we get to see these two ladies interact, and I thought it was pretty, um, it was a blessing. So, let me pray for us before we um, get too far in, and then we'll we'll proceed. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity. As Rusty said, hide me in yourself, do your thing. Love on us through your word. May we leave here changed people, myself included. In the wonderful name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, so Luke... Chapter 1, verses 39, 45, through 45. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. I am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. May God bless 
his word and the hearers this morning. In college, I had this opportunity to travel in Europe. I was on a study tour. We went to um, visit four countries in Europe. We went to visit Germany, Switzerland, Austria, and Italy. And our point of being there was to see history. That was the whole point. And so as we would move through these towns, without fail, every time we came to a large town, there was a beautiful cathedral. The architecture was beautiful. We would enter in and there was artwork covering the walls, the ceilings, and it was just enamoring. Like you would walk in and you were just enveloped with the stories of the Bible. They did that because so many people couldn't hear the word. They couldn't read the word. So in coming in, they could see the word. So this morning, as a way to help us see the word. I have a few pictures for us here. The first one, there's one thing I just love about this one. Can you see the years on Elizabeth's face? Mary is leaning into Elizabeth and Elizabeth has a lot of years on her face. Can you see it? Let's see the second one. One thing that I've come to understand is that a lot of the artwork I saw was from a European viewpoint. What if we sent these stories through Africa? What if we sent these stories through Asia? The narrative is the same. But this artist said, the greeting, if it was in my culture, this is what it would have looked like. Isn't that beautiful how the gospel, how scripture crosses all barriers? Let's see the third one. This one is my favorite. This one, the artist said, you know what? I want to tell the main point of this passage. And it wasn't that somebody, just this one passage, it wasn't that they were just trying to paint Mary in a certain way and Elizabeth a certain way and make sure that they looked good for the image. They were trying to capture the joy of the moment, right? And so... Hopefully, as, we, as we've seen those things, it helps us understand just a little bit to see just a little bit better the passage. As I read earlier, Luke 1, 39 through 40 said, At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Okay, so Mary's response, as soon as she knew Elizabeth was in a similar crazy situation, she said, oh, I'll send an owl with a message. I'll send a carrier pigeon and I'll congratulate her on her. uh... She said, I've got to go see her. I've got to go talk with her. I've got to connect with her over This thing, because this is crazy, and I know she's experiencing something really good, too. So immediately she runs. Well, why is this such a big deal? Why is it such a big deal for Elizabeth to be having a baby? Why is it? She's old. It's crazy. (laughs) There's something else. Have you ever waited... In anticipation for something, in hoped for something, 
Have you just said, God, if you will. Have you ever hoped and longed for something? Well, that was Elizabeth and Zechariah. They had hoped and longed for a child. Elizabeth and Zechariah, before in um, Luke, the scripture says that they were upright and good people who loved the Lord and kept his commandments. They were good people. But there's something that happens in the time when the angel comes to Zechariah and tells him of the the coming of John, who would be John, and that Elizabeth is going to carry the baby. Let's read that passage. Luke 1, 11 through 20. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. Now, why is Zechariah standing at the altar? He is a priest. Zechariah, his lot was pulled and he was to go into the temple that day to offer incense. And so that day when he went into the altar to offer incense, Gabriel came and met him there beside the altar. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. Joy and rejoicing. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can this, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Okay, so what happened here that really came out this time is that Zechariah, Gabriel said to Zechariah, your prayers have been heard. But what was Zechariah's response to Gabriel when he said that the baby was going to come? It was disbelief. So do you think Zechariah and Elizabeth were still praying those prayers at that time? Those were prayers that were prayed years before. And God said, I hear them. I heard them. I kept them. Right? God's Activity produces joy. Your first fill-in. God's breaking in on the scene of a couple and in Mary's life where there has been a longing and a hoping and a waiting. And God breaks in on the scene and he says, you're going to have that son. I, and God says he's heard his prayers. 
Well, that was what was so crazy about this to me this time is that just the distance between the prayers and the answer were years. So much so that they didn't believe the prayer could be answered anymore. So I'm guessing there's probably things that you've experienced in your life you've been praying for. And I guess you probably at some point maybe have come to a time where you say, well, maybe that's just not going to be answered. God's breaking in brings joy and at the appointed time. Did y'all hear that in the passage? At the appointed time, these things will take place. God's activity brings joy and excitement. We saw it when Mary went to see Elizabeth, the excitement and the joy of running to see her. Some passages say she hurried. Some say she went with haste. There's an excitement. There's this new, fresh movement of God. And just because the prayers had been prayed years before didn't mean there wasn't an answer and it didn't mean that God wasn't moving and he wasn't planning. Luke 41 tells us, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. Something that stood out to me in this one. That was crazy good. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so as I dug into that and I looked and I was like, okay, so where is it in that context used again in the Bible? Yeah, it's used, it's used in Acts the same way. The church came in Acts. The new church, God had brought his people together. He and Christ left and he said, I'm going to send the helper. The helper was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came and filled the people. And thousands of people were coming to Christ at those moments. At that time, they were drawing. It is used the same way as it is here. So is Elizabeth just excited? Is she just excited? No, she is filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is producing joy in her life. The presence, God's presence produces joy is your second fill in. God's indwelling of his people produces joy. How often do we think, oh, yeah, if I could just do X, Y, Z, put this formula together, I would have joy. If I could just interject joy in my life, I would do that. How many of us have read something on your media this morning that was pretty depressing (laughs) right we live in a culture and a time that it we could use some joy because we're just inundated with so much we could use joy but a lot of times i think we come at it that oh if we could just put this certain formula together we would have it 
And what we do is we end up chasing joy instead of Jesus. Right? And so what we're seeing here is that the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the coming of the Holy Spirit on Elizabeth was the key producer of joy. Just like the Spirit fell on the people in Acts, it fell on Elizabeth, and she exclaimed how wonderful this moment is of what Christ, what Christ is going to be and who got what God is doing and that John is in her womb. So I, I think what I would challenge you on this point is that in your current situation, where you find yourself today, whether it is golden and you feel like you were just hitting the stride and life is good, or whether you find obstacles to joy in your life, God's presence produces the joy. God's presence. It's not the interjection of things or people that we could hold on to or bring true joy. Like, let's, let's kind of chew on that whole idea that happiness is pretty fleeting, right? Joy is sustaining. Is that different? You see the difference? Happiness will come and go with a flash because we can laugh at a joke. We can laugh at something in a movie or we could see our friend do something silly and laugh and you're just kind of, you know, but it passes with that moment. Joy sustains. It's sustained because it is a fruit, right? Another point that I wanted to kind of share with you as we're chewing on this whole idea is that Elizabeth and Zachariah in their current situation probably didn't see a whole lot of future, right? Because they're up in age, right? He's been serving as a priest. She's older. And so they probably didn't, they weren't looking for fresh and new, really. They were kind of probably, okay, we will serve the Lord. See, this is what's wonderful about them, though. If scripture says that they were upright people who served the Lord, even though they had longed and prayed for a child, and that it was not answered. I was reading through a commentary and um, a devotional on this this week, and somebody pointed out some things that were um, that were really good for us to consider. Okay, when we think of this passage, we have to take it out of our context and put it back where it was. Because where we are here, if we look at it with our context, I am not making light of infertility. But in our world, in our day and time, there are options, right? Like, what do we think when somebody says they can't have a baby? Well, will you go to the doctor? You have some tests. Maybe there's a procedure that can help. You begin to have options, right? And you begin to ex- exhaust every option. Well, at that day and time, those options didn't exist, right? And so they would 
go to the temple and they would cry out for a baby. Even if they weren't followers of God, maybe they were pagans. They would go to those temples and offer sacrifices and ask for a baby. Because of what it meant in the culture and the time. So if you didn't get your answer, you translated it as a direct response of God's lack of blessing in your life. That God is not blessing you. That's how it translated then. And so the withholding of children was a withholding of a blessing is how it was viewed. Okay, so Zechariah and Elizabeth were there in that position where they lived in a culture that said, God is not blessing you. But they were still faithful. He still served as the priest in the temple and was upright. But their culture said, God is not blessing you. How many times can we use that message in our lives that too quickly we would say, well, God is withholding his blessing. He doesn't love me. Right? But they were still faithful. And God answered at the appointed time. Isn't that wonderful? God's presence produces joy. Luke 1.45 says, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Mary had this beautiful response. Um, it wasn't in our um, passage that I read at the beginning. But when the angel was talking to Mary and saying, what all is going to take place? Mary's response was, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left. Another way that another passage said it, it says, um, let it be done to me according to your word. So in the midst of this crazy in in activity, um, presence of the Lord, that that it was could seem very chaotic, could seem scary, frightening. All those things that we covered last week when Lauren was sharing about the choice to decide how you would respond. Mary responded, "Let it be done to me according to your word." Isn't that beautiful? God gives us promises. He gives us hope, future. He offers us joy through his presence. And I think the appropriate response is, let it be done to me according to your word. And Elizabeth is recognizing that in that verse 145 when she says, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. That point there, joy is a fruit, not a mood. Right? Joy is a fruit. It's not a mood. Joy comes from 
the product of Christ in our life and the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit. So how do we how do we cultivate fruit? How do we do that? Well, one is that if we are considering the larger scale, like orchards and farms and vineyards, is we would cultivate the ground, make sure the ground had the right nutrients it needed, and then we would go about planting the seeds in the ground. And with the right circumstances, at the right season, they would begin to grow, right? And they would begin to mature, and we would tend to them, and they would produce fruit. Well, I think that same concept translates into joy in our life. Is that we have to choose, like Mary did, may it be done to me according to your word. And then we begin to make sure God's word is planted in our hearts. We begin to make sure that we pursue God's activity in our life. And not just the signs of him being there, but that he would be working on our behalf. There's a difference, right? And we would also pursue his presence, right? So we would make time. So if we're wanting to produce joy in our life, then we want to make time to be still and see God's activity. We also want to make time to experience his presence. And God has spoken to us through his word. And so we want to find time to put his word in our heart. And as we do those things in due time, it will produce fruit, right? I was chatting with somebody one time and they said, you know, I... I read the Bible, but I just never get what I need. Been there, you know. Um, and as we we're talking and we kind of carried on the conversation a little bit more, the one thing that was really clear that came out of our conversation is that sometimes it's stored up for a different day. Sometimes that passage is for tomorrow, or maybe that passage is for next month. But we store it up in our hearts that we might know his word and that it might bear fruit in due time. Joy is a fruit, not a mood. John fifteen eleven said, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Isn't that beautiful? So wherever you find yourself today... If joy is sparse, begin to plant the seeds of joy. Begin to cultivate the ground so that we might see the product of it, right? And I even believe 
That if we ask and we seek the Holy Spirit, His presence can come and bring it now. It doesn't have to be delayed. We can have both. But we do the cultivating so that in due time, it bears fruit. I want to tell you a story about a lady I met when I was about 19 or 20 years old. I went to a conference called Acquire the Fire. And um, we're there, and we did all these little breakout sessions and groups. And then we were in a, in a room a little bit larger than this one. And I was about third or fourth row. So all you guys, here you go. It's your moment. Uh, and so I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm watching and listening um, to the stories and all. But this lady came onto the stage and rocked my world. And she came out and she began to tell her story. She grew up in the suburbs of Chicago in a very wealthy area. She grew up there. Her mom and dad were affluent. She went off to college, came back to Chicago, and took a job in the city. And so she, tried, she stayed pretty close in the suburbs um, to where family was. And so she would drive in to the city every day for work and drive out. And on her way in, God began to place on her heart this certain neighborhood. And so on her way in, she would pray, God, will you do something there? Will you send somebody to that neighborhood? We know where this is going, right? So she began praying for them, and she did this for months and was diligent in praying for them. And eventually she felt the Holy Spirit say, it's you I'm calling. And so she decided, okay, I don't know anybody there. I don't know what to do. She decided to start going in on Saturday mornings. First Saturday she went in, she was blown away by the needs of the children. And so the next Saturday, she came back with candy, with chocolate, lots of chocolate, and peanut butter and jelly, and bread. And she just started making sandwiches and handing them out to kids at the park. Right? And immediately the children began coming to her. And they would hang out with her on Saturdays. And so she began to do this and about a year passed. And she's hanging out with these children. She's getting to know the moms. People are beginning to wonder who is this lady bringing candy because we're taught not to take candy from strangers. Like all, she had all kinds of barriers to overcome because people would say, why do you want to be here when you don't have to be? Look around you. This place is not good. And so she continued to share the food. And what began to happen is she was able to share Jesus as she was sharing, right? Well, she was already sharing Jesus when she was handing out the sandwiches. I mean, that's just the reality. Because why would she want to be there? But then she began to get to tell the story of Jesus. And one Saturday as she's pulling away, She's praying for all those people she talked to. And she said, God, what else do I do? And he said, you move there. And she said, wait, what? 
no, no. And so she began wrestling with God over that, right? Well, she ended up moving there because she said it was the right thing to do and God wanted her to do it. So she moved into this area. Well, there, she encountered more than she knew what to do with. The children were in her house at all hours because she was a person of peace and joy. This lady, the whole time that she was sharing from the stage, was just smiling and beaming. And people were drawn to her. There were women coming all hours of the night knocking to escape situations, saying, do you have something to eat? My kids haven't eaten today. All this kind of stuff. She was overwhelmed with the need. But she was not overwhelmed spiritually. And she was standing in on that stage telling her story and I began to get angry. Why would somebody get angry? That's such a beautiful story. I'm 19, 20 years old. I have everything I could need. I worked to get a car when I could drive. I had good clothes. I worked. I had the things I needed, the things, most of the things I wanted. And then I began to realize I was wrestling because I did not have what she had. I did not have the joy. And she had adverse circumstances coming at her all hours of the day. And she was flooded with joy. And she told her story with such radiance. And I'm sitting third, fourth row, so frustrated because I didn't have it. And I had put all the formula together and the formula I'd get it done. And in those moments, I broke. I began to cry and pretty ugly cry, weep. So much so that I think she kind of got disturbed. But, um, but what was beautiful in that moment is I encountered somebody who had been cultivating joy in their life, so much so that when their circumstances around them did not match a formula that would produce joy, they had joy. You get it? It's beautiful. And I have been trying to put things together to interject joy. And it wasn't working. And I could not put the two together. I want to try something this morning. We haven't done this here. um, Or that I know of. God has placed his word in your heart, right? He's given you verses and things to hold on to. He has given you his word. And I know that at seasons and times, you go back to it, right? And so I want you to think of a passage. It has to be a verse. You have to be able to read it. I want you to think of a verse or a passage. And if you're willing, stand and read it for all of us to hear. I want us to practice letting Scripture plant the seeds in our life. So I'm going to give you a couple that I have 
to give you a second. I know this is different. But I don't give you the opportunity to flip through the pages or get on your phone to get to the verse. And if you do, you need to read it. This is not a time for you to preach. You, you read the verse and where you found it so somebody else might get back to it. Okay? All right. 1 Peter 5, 7. This is one I hang on to. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Psalms 46.1 God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Does anybody have one? Stand and read it. Thank you. Thanks for being willing to uh, try something new. Um, I think what I would like for you to take away this morning as we uh, prepare to uh, close here is that um, I think there's a couple responses you could have. Maybe there's one is that this is weird to you because maybe Jesus is new and maybe um, you would like to talk some more about that. You can talk straight to God about it. You could come chat with me be glad to. Someone back in the prayer section would be glad to talk with you about it. We would love to chat with you if you just don't know about this Jesus piece, right? But if you do, I guess our response is, can we be like Mary? When she said, let it be done to me according to your word. And then make sure that we're putting the word in our heart so we know that it lines up, right? so that it might produce fruit in due time. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website, or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.